artist. Listen, I could never get into anime, I gotta tell you. It's not, well, that's why you're not invited to the anime podcast. <laughs> you are invited to the you, unofficial therapy podcast, which we're actually <laughs> filming right now with, with my good friend and apparently not anime connoisseur, Miss Mel. Mel, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> like, Christopher. Like, I don't watch anime. It's like, cool. <laughs> you weren't invited to anime. So no one can. But that's a really yeah. good point, And I will give yeah. you that. Touche. Thank you. I'll give you that. Thank you for coming. Sorry for um, miscommunication. Yes, true. Miscommunicating and not telling me that I need to come full, co- full correct. This is what. On my appearance. Because mm. for anybody watching. Yeah. Mm. I always come correct. And I think you know that. But we, our last conversation was, you're going to bring it. Nothing to do with video cameras. But you said, oh, I'm going to bring it. Because you know I always bring it. And I said, okay, you got it. And when you said bring it with this motion. I mean, I would have said like, you know, dressed up or something. See, I, I meant like bring it. Like I said, I did this, didn't I? Yeah, I said, but I, this, said, I said, bring it. Right. I did this, right? You did I this. I didn't say this, bring it. All right, right, what's the first one again? This one was this. I was like, you know, I bring it. I know that's what I did. Now, here's it now. When I said, when I said, okay, here well, we you go. know, because I'm going to look at me when I'm telling oh, you this okay. so you can see, right? I'm, sure. I'm like, well, you know, I'm going to bring it. Right. That's what I did. Mm-hmm. Now, as a, as with man ears, you, you bring saw it, this. Bring it means it. It is the entire package. It is really, talking I, points. I, I, it is the look of, yeah. I thought that bringing it was what I had to say, not how I had to look. Mm. See, I would think it is all-inclusive. Okay. Because if you were like, I'm bringing talking points, that completely... I'm bringing it. That means like bringing goodness and truth and, you know, clarity. Listen. Not, but to be fair, Miss New Booty, you know what I mean. But also, every time I see you, mm-hmm. I come. You correct. bring that's. You say I'm going to come correct, and I'm going to bring it. And every time I see you, but I was not aware there were cameras that are, that were going to be. Again, see, that, get a woman's that's, consent. That's listen, all I'm saying. Listen, I've already admitted <laughs> to miscommunication. I don't need to be waterboarded when this whole thing. <laughs> we, we're on the same page right now. We're on the same page. Yeah. If you ever invite me back again, oh jeez. I will come correct. Yeah, I, I believe you. So, so that's on record. Yeah, we got it. If you want to invite me back again, then yes, I will next time. Come oh, no, we'll see. I don't, I don't want any trouble. <laughs> I don't want any trouble out of you. Anyway, Mel, thank okay. you for coming. Yes, of like we, had, we had to do that little, um, you know, le- legal. <laughs> we had to do legal on the front. <laughs> thank you for being my friend and for asking me to come over for this. I'm very happy for you to be here. And I know you're going to bring whatever portion of it you decide to bring. <laughs> and the people yeah. at home are going to enjoy it. Yeah. Yes. You have a very natural podcast voice. Oh, I do. So, I think so. What is going on? I have no idea. It's not. It's a circus. I, I think people are running around. This is why you live on the second floor. I Was there an option floor. to live on the second floor here? There's an option for the third floor. You should have gone to the third floor. I don't trust that. I, don't, I like living... It's easier to move on the on bottom floor. I feel you. Mm. But then you got, don't have to deal with things like this. This is random. I feel like they didn't know we had a podcast today either. <laughs> so they were like, oh, podcast? <laughs> they started like crip walking all over the place. I was like, <laughs> it's, it was a reckless time over there. Oh, my gosh. But okay. Anyway, so Mel, I'm very happy to have you here. Me too. I thought you would be great for the pod because you're also in the entertainment industry, I as I am. But you're on a different side than I I'm am. on. Can you tell the people a little bit about what you do? The male experience, if you will. Oh, my gosh. The, the male experience. That you bring. There we go. <laughs> you got to bring it back around. Okay. So the male experience mm. goes like this. So okay. I do musical theater. Mm. I, I act and sing and dance. I also write vocal harmonies for a girl group out here Ooh. and um i uh, um, i think that's i think that's in a nutshell that's what it is uh, you I'm named like seven trained. things yeah. I'm, I'm classically trained uh and 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 started a musical theater and then when i realized oh i can musical theater t- showed me oh i can act sing and dance all at the same time and i felt like oh that's 
my world. Um, and then I started getting into film and television acting. Ooh. And then I was like, oh, I think that's my medium for acting. Not nice. necessarily just me. Because sometimes in musical theater, as I'm sure you know. Maybe. Let's find out. I think that face says it. I think that face answers. But you're not just talking to me. You're talking to the millions. Okay. The millions. Of the listeners. Okay. Right. But I think that that face is enough of an answer mm. that you might think that musical theater can be over-dramatized okay. or it can be more presentational versus like internal Sure. when it comes to emotion, right? And so something that I l- had started to learn when I started doing like indie films and short films and things like that was, oh, I, I am more internal when it comes to my my craft of acting i feel more comfortable when it is more internal versus Mm. presentational which is a lot of musical theater and before i came out here to la i was at a theater company where we were we were performing for like 2200 seat houses so very fancy your emotion had to meet the back wall and that's a stadium seat 2200 seat house so you can't keep all of the acting internal. You can't keep it right here. You have mm. to like make it this big, huge thing. And so I kind of started to combat the way that we were putting shows up because I didn't want to overact mm. or um, be so presentational with an emotion when I felt like it was all right here. And that's when I just naturally happened to just get into short films and films and little thing, little indies that friends of mine around that area of Philly were like, Hey, I'm doing this film. Do you want to come and do it? Because they saw me on stage. And so I was like, what do I have to lose? So I started doing these little things and then started realizing, Oh, I think the way my love for acting is going, it needs to be, it needs to go in this. Um, it needs to go on the path of film and television, mm-hmm. but I can still, sing and dance and perform and i also have this love for like old soul like all of the women who sang like in the 50s and 60s who were like icons mm. and these deep soul like etta james and ella fitzgerald and and um the, that type of vocal that i started to adopt and then christina aguilera came came around and i was like who is this Miss girl Jeannie in a bottle Yes, but it wasn't. It was never those songs that no, I was no, no, like, no. Oh, "Who's I just, this girl?" No, I just, you know. I just that's where that's what she got on with. Yeah, that was the pop thing they used to put her on. Yes, exactly. But mm. she, her inspirations were the same. It was like Etta James was like the queen, and Etta James has this one album that it's the same album that like Christina talks about, and it's just got all these like bangers on it, and you're just like, "This is what singing should be." Mm. It's like this soulful kind of gritty, but like really powerful approach. And I identified with it so much that I was like, oh, maybe that's my way of singing versus this world of musical theater that I was trying to fit into, which mm-hmm. unfortunately is very, in my opinion, whitewashed and is also, um, you know, in musical theater, there's not a lot of ethnic people. And if there oh, are ethnic so. people, it's either, it's either you're white, it's mostly white. Um, there's a little bit of you know, African-American and then like Middle Eastern people don't even exist. So, um, you feel like you're having to fit into a mold that Mm. wasn't meant for you to fit in. So to find your natural strength, sometimes you have to kind of break that and go, okay, there's something else out there for me and it's not necessarily this. But now musical theater is, they're gaining shows that, are soulful that are they're breaking out of this you don't know the musical light of the in the piazza do you you know what i don't know most of what you just said like that okay. sentence was like hum it's okay yep. <laughs> light in the piazza shows like light in the piazza shows like mamma mia shows like white christmas shows like um you know not really wicked anymore because now they're doing non-traditional casting in wicked which is great like they're starting to have like their first and second and third black alphabets, which are like things, people that has never been in that world. Mm. Um, but those shows primarily are like the old school musical theater of Broadway, which is like these white voices, you know, and that's not where we live. That's not right. the people that are around. So when people like Lin-Manuel Miranda come around and they're like, 
bring it out in the Heights and Hamilton. And now, and then he helped with, um, he did in the Heights, the, the film. Mm. And then he did tick, tick boom with Andrew Garfield, which Andrew Garfield nominated for an Oscar because of it. Good for him. It's like, yeah, good for him. Mm. So it's like, he's bringing about a whole nother perspective and, and approach to what musical theater is. And that's, what's so refreshing. So now it's like, Oh, okay. So all the things that I kind of pulled away from being like, Oh, I'm, being pushed toward this traditional you know musical theater that i don't really fit in then starting to embrace your natural vocal which is like the etta james type you know soul or like chris stapleton Mm. that boy got soul he's good and then you have all this other stuff that's coming back around now that it's like you can embrace that again so so in that world musical theater world now it's seemingly all the things that i pulled away from that world to do solely on its own are now kind of like coming back together again. You're saying the worlds are aligning. They're starting to align, yeah. Mm. Which is something that I felt like was always going to happen for me. Even when I moved to LA, it was, I just have a feeling something's going to come along that is going to bring my worlds together. All of the acting that I'm doing and all the things that something's going to come along, there's going to be some job that I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to act and sing together and I know it's going to be on film Mm -hmm. and so now we're going into this musical era of film if you've noticed like a lot of films right now are musically driven i feel like we're kind of going into like a second golden era Mm -hmm. of film because once upon a time that's what the golden era was it was all musicals that's what they refer to the golden era of hollywood as it was all musical films and now i feel like we're getting like a you know a renaissance almost. yeah we're getting a renaissance yeah. that's a great way of putting it Listen, we're getting a rena- we're getting a renaissance of the golden era because people are doing like tom holland just signed on to do a biopic of fred astaire that's interesting which is amazing tom holland's that dude though yeah super talented super talented and i hope he stays humble i hope he is humble he seems to be very chill right now yeah because with spider-man success you would think if he was ever going to not be humble this would be the time maybe because they just like surpassed Avatar. He's not gonna have another movie. Oh, really? Movie. Yeah. Mm. He's not gonna have another movie that makes two point five billion. So if you're not cocky at the two point five billion, I doubt the indie movie good. is gonna be like, Hey, my Fred Astaire movie sold two twenty eight million. <laughs> now I'm cocky. It's like you have like the third highest grossing movie. I think it's second behind Endgame. Yeah. Of all time. Interesting. So hmm. and he was in Endgame. So I was like, You're in the two highest grossing movies of all time. Mm-hmm. You cocky yet? Now nah, let me do this biopic real quick. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that I think that that's but I don't know though, like doing things like Spider Man, um, it's different than doing a biopic of Fred Astaire because I guarantee you he's looked up to somebody like Fred Astaire for like his whole life. I'm sure. So that's probably going to be more meaningful to him. Yeah, I could see him putting than Spider-Man. more of himself because he's because he's a dancer. Yep. By trade, dancer he moves, first. Yeah, he moves mm-hmm. really well. So I, that's why when you said, it, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. He's not even like really playing a role is probably playing more of what's true to him yeah the fact that he got to be yes. spider-man was kind of like oh okay that's just which it, which you know. which exactly like that proves my point of when you have all this upbringing of wherever it is that you come from and wherever it is that you're going at some point they're going to cross paths mm. and that's what's happened for him and, and again that's so for me in what i'm doing i'm like there's a reason that this stuff is happening there's a reason that you know i left this you know kind of succeeding um career in new york to come out here um to pursue film and television because i was like something's gonna happen i could feel it i can feel it's like they're gonna come together again somehow and i don't know how but they are so then Mm. getting into this girl group where i was like starting to write harmonies and arrange vocals and stuff like that it's like that to me is just a catalyst it's just like helping it's like okay this is gonna come back and it's gonna help me somewhere else i know it you know so do you ever have the ambition to write your own, like, I know you're, you're trying to, you said tr- traditionally they try to put you into the whitewash mold and now that's switching up, but Lim, Lim, Lim-Manuel, Lim-Manuel wrote what he wanted to see basically. He's yes. like, hey, y'all not going to make it? Cool. Oh, I'll make it. You mean, have I considered doing the same thing? Yeah, like your version of it. Yeah, I think... Because obviously he, has, he had backing and he had already been 
in the industry. He's been doing stuff. So it's yeah, but you know what though? What's interesting about him is if you if you read about up about him, there's like there was kind of a running joke in a show called Smash. I saw the show. Oh, you saw the show? Yeah, okay. I'm, aware, I'm well aware of it. Actually. Okay, so you Catherine know Catherine McPhee and everybody. Yeah, yeah. So you yeah. know how there's like a running joke where like Lin Manuel shows up and they're like he's like hey guys yeah. and they're like ugh. Hey, Lynn, how yeah. are you? Like, like, they make a joke about he's just going to come and ask her money again. Like, they make a joke about it. Do you remember this? Yeah. The reason they did is because that's a real life thing. Like, mm. he hustled to get anyone to listen to his demos, to his tapes. He was, like, writing all of these things. And, like, he was, like, basically he became this, like, not running joke because he wasn't, especially after the success of In the Heights. Like, it's like, the In the Heights, In the Heights premiered, blew up, and then, then people were like, oh, we need, we need to actually take him serious. Like, all these, like, him, like, all talk, that he's this big talker of like, no, I got this show, it's good, I just need to, you know, come on in, like, be yeah. our sponsors, da-da-da. Like, he went through all of this red tape because he knew what he had was what you said, like, this is what I see in music. And, he, and he's incredibly, um, He's influenced incredibly by Sondheim, and he talks about that. And you hear it in his music, like even the timings of, you know, in his musicals when people are singing or the the rhythms of something that doesn't match something else that's starting to play. It's like this very Stephen Sondheim, mm. and it's you, you do see the classic. That's 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 again. It's like it, it just further validates that um, music is made in color. It's not made. Um, it shouldn't be made like in black and white. Gotcha. And he kind of brings light to that. Like you can take a classic like a Stephen Sondheim and you can be inspired by that. And as a person of color, you can then create something so beautiful and colorful about what you see in your life, but still have like a classic technical approach like a Stephen mm-hmm. Sondheim who wrote a beautiful musicals. And it was all about his dynamics and timing. Interesting. Sondheim wrote West Side Story. Well, there you go. You know, um, and uh, but people before him, like Rodgers and Hart, Rodgers and Hammerstein, like all these other, you know, uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber, like these are all people who wrote shows that you would think there's no roles for someone like me because I'm a person of color. But Lin Manuel kind of like changed the game where he's saying, I can take the structure of these classically trained people where you where all they, this was being produced was for more of the white majority of Broadway. I'm taking it and saying, you could put people of color in this and it still works and you still have a successful piece. And the same can be translated to film and television with like people of color being leads in films and women, 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 people of color being leads of films. Like Gal Gadot playing Wonder Woman was one of the biggest. It was a big deal. It was huge. And she was huge for women like me, because I'm like, you're paving my way that's to be second, taken that seriously. second movie was bad, though. Second movie was... I 19, didn't even, 1984 is a bad movie. I'm just going to say it. And <laughs> I, I didn't even watch it. It's bad. And I really... I didn't watch it. I'm, 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 don't, don't watch it. <laughs> it's not a good movie. I'm actually a really big fan of Wonder Woman. I'm actually mm-hmm. a really big Chris Pine fan. I think he's tremendous in that movie. I think for so. Her. I think it's tremendous. Yeah. yeah. Like they, his chemistry, their chemistry looked authentic, and they found a way to put him in a second movie. That yeah. script is not good. And I love Kristen Wiig as a comedic actress. Mm. And they did not do her justice. That script is bad. They got the main But was she like a comedic villain or was she just a villain? She had a turn. She was like a nerdy secretary kind of person. And then she became fierce. Oh. But her fierce was just like her hair being kind of messy. Okay. Like it's like her hair was just like... All right, now I'm a villain. <laughs> Basically, it looked like, and she was in really good physical shape. But Chris, I never think of Kristen Wiig's body. I always think of her comedic timing. Yeah. But they had her wearing, like, I guess a super hero, anti hero kind of costume. Oh. And she was in good shape. I was like, oh, man, Chris, Chris is in good shape because she was like probably 40 ish when she did her role. She wasn't young. I was like, mm-hmm. she's crushing it. But mm-hmm. just what they had her do didn't seem very. They just do like basically that black eyeliner to make it look like now I'm evil and her hair was kind of messy. And I'm like, yeah. Kristen Wiig is better than that. The script should have been better. Gal Gadot was better than that. It seemed like it was kind of rushed. And I, I think they made that movie like a year. Yeah, it wasn't long Faster after. than it should have. Mm-hmm. Because the first one hit so hard and they were like, 
We, we need to follow up immediately. We got to get on it. And yeah. so they rushed it out because there's even some CGI stuff where it could, they could have easily just shot. Mm-hmm. Gal Gadot runs a lot in 1984. And you can see where it's just like the green screen run where she's running. And you can see the background just changing. Her just kind of doing a Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm like, we could have just had Gal run in the field somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's like, we can tape this anyway. And as you can tell, it was just like, and um, even the plot was... Very dicey. They got a good actor, though. The main villain is the guy from Narcos. He's the main character. Um, I don't even know his um, name right now. I know who you're talking about. He's also the Mandalorian. This guy is all over the place. He's a, so they got yeah a high-level guy. Like, Narcos yeah. is the shit, and Mandalorian is big time. He's the villain. Kristen Wiig, Bridesmaids, SNL, we know. No, I know. Obviously, She's fantastic. Gal-Gadot. So it's like you yeah. have the right pieces. Mm-hmm. They even found a way to get Chris Pine in it, and mm-hmm. it just really went sideways. And so... Hmm. But really enjoyed the first one. I think it's the best yeah. DC movie they've made. I agree. And I guess since the Batman trilogy, I would say. Oh, yeah. Which don't necessarily count, but they kind of count. They, ca- they count. It's DC, but I it's like those worlds don't relate. Because her no, Batman they... is Ben Affleck. She is not, not oh, Christian Bale. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, she knows Christian Bale. She doesn't know Christian Bale. She knows Ben Affleck. So I can't oh, gosh, take those storylines and like. Sad day. Yes, I would love if, if, if she could have been involved with like the Bane and Tom Hardy. Oh my and those guys. gosh, could you imagine? Uh, yeah, of course I can imagine. I love, I love Bane. I think the third movie is underrated because Heath Ledger was so amazing in the second so that people amazing. really kind of, they're like, oh, well, Heath Ledger won an Oscar and then Tom Hardy. I'm like, hey, man. Tom Hardy was fantastic. Tom Hardy's great. It's not Tom his Hardy fault. is like my crush of all time. Tom Hardy's that dude. It's just that Heath Ledger went so hard he did. that it's hard to like. Yeah. You shouldn't even feel bad. It's like finishing second to Jordan. Like, oh man. Yeah. I didn't win. Well, that's fine. Jordan scored 50. <laughs> it's like you scored 48. You feel. If Heath Ledger is Michael Jordan, then Tom Hardy was like Scottie Pippen. Yeah. And that universe, I think, had Heath underrated, Ledger. Underrated, underpaid, the whole thing. Had Heath Ledger yeah. not gone. Quite so hard in the pain. He went, he went so yeah. hard. I've had this conversation with... We had it on our podcast about mm-hmm. anime, which you don't watch or care about. We, uh, I will never. <laughs> well, we don't need you. I'm okay yeah, with me, that. Millions of people. Uh, I'll still be your friend. Thousands of friends. Uh, family. <laughs> anyway, we talk about... I think The Dark Knight is the single best superhero movie because That's... you can watch it and not care about superheroes. Mm-hmm. The Marvel movies are so inter twine and connected which is why the marvel mm-hmm. universe is better mm-hmm. but you have to kind of care about iron man you have to kind of yeah. care about powers you can't yeah. just be like you can't divorce yourself from the powers mm-hmm. the batman movie is so good like gary oldman is a dude and he's great Heath ledger great aaron eckhart great oh my Christian gosh Bale, great. aaron eckhart's fantastic he was like everybody is so good the mobsters in the movie are great yeah. like, they they yep. casted everything except mm-hmm. megan Hall. but it's a whole another conversation that megan Hall. Oh, mm-hmm. I could say the same about Katie Holmes, though. I have said the same thing. We're on the same page. I think Katie Holmes is a worse casting because she was basically unnecessary to the plot. Um, Maggie Gyllenhaal's character is necessary. I just think Maggie Gyllenhaal is miscast because ultimately what they're trying to get us to believe is that Batman was willing to give up being Batman. And Aaron Eckhart was willing to put his life on the line for Maggie. For Maggie. That's, not- That's what they're trying to convey to us. And I'm like... I'm sorry. No. <laughs> hey. No. Like, I'm really... So, but if Gal Gadot were the girl... If Gal Gadot... If they had actually rolled... I, I agree with you. I agree had, with that. If they had rolled Anne Hathaway into that role, who I think is amazing. I don't, then, but it's okay. Well, I, that, I just say, in that role, I believe What do you Anne think of her Catwoman? Okay. That's right. Okay. I think it's okay. I think but it's, I don't think it's... Not good because of her. Do you know, though, I think that Zoe um, Kravitz, Kravitz. Sh- I think she's going to be a great Catwoman. We'll see. I've already seen the, trailers. I'll say the, the people who've seen the advanced screening, mm, I've, oh heard, no. I've, I've heard more love about him than I have well, about I, her. I, I, I also think he's going to be a great. I think he's a completely different idea and approach to Batman. They, from what, I, from what I've heard, they have him. Because Batman in the comics is a detective. Mm-hmm. Who also fights crime, but none of the Batman movies. Oh, are really? really? Yeah, like he's oh. he's solving crimes more than he's just like. And then this, people. that's more like what. So he's apparently doing. in this yeah. one, he's more like trying to figure out where the crime bosses are and blah 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 blah, as opposed yeah. to I'm just going to show up and fight ten people and then go home in a rubber suit. 
Well, he's still in a rubber suit, but <laughs> but if there's, I think gotcha. there's less rubber suit and more of the human. The human. That's why. Hmm. That's kind of what I've been led to believe. I'm interested because I. Well, I mean, I I love Robert Pattinson. I think he's underrated. I think he mm. hasn't been given his like, you know. It's possible. I think he hasn't been given the strongest roles to be able to show sure. his technique and what. He it was do. an interesting casting when I first heard it. To be fair, when I first heard Heath Ledger being the Joker, mm-hmm. I immediately said no. Really? And because I had seen him in A Knight's Tale before that. I didn't oh. think, why would I believe he can go literally to a psychotic? I just like you. nothing he had done up to that point was like, oh, he's gonna be good in this. And then even like like the screener with his makeup all around it. I'm like, what am I looking at right now? It just looks so weird. And, and then, then you saw you it. You see his opening scene that ah 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 oh ah ah uh-huh. He just walks in the mm-hmm. room and he's just like. Yeah, what did you think then after you saw that? That opening scene or the movie? The whole thing. Were you like eating your words? I ate my words after the opening scene. I'm telling you. I don't know why you want me. I've already apologized earlier. Listen, <laughs> I ate my words because. Because you I, didn't tell me I was being filmed? Yes. Listen, we're not going to do this again. That's okay. <laughs> I ate my words because I rooted for his character more than Batman's character. Ooh, that's good. He made me, and I thought there's a lot of wisdom and what he said, yeah. even though obviously he's blowing up hospitals, he's kind of, he's he's a wild boy. He's a sociopath. Yeah. He's not like a redeemable character, but his whole idea of when the chips are down, people are going to eat each other. Mm-hmm. They're only as good as the world allows them to be. Mm-hmm. These people think they're above the fray, but really, when pushed to the limit, they're not. Mm-hmm. And you think I'm crazy, but that's only because you're trying to play by their rules. Yeah. And the only way to really live in this world on some level is without rules. Like he had a lot of things, and then you saw with the pandemic, people were like fighting over toilet paper and stuff. I know. And it was like, no, I'm getting 30,000 masks for myself. And they have one kid at home. It's like, yeah. what about everybody? It's like, you saw people do the doggy dog. Mm-hmm. What's good is good if it's good for me kind of thing. And he said in the movie, I'm not a monster. I'm just ahead of the curve. And that movie came out like 12 years before the pandemic. And I was like, man, is he? Oh, this guy's good. So <laughs> there was a lot to his character I enjoyed. That's good writing. No, it's amazing writing. Even yeah. when the interrogation scene, which is maybe the most iconic, where Batman appears behind him and he like mm-hmm. slams his head into the table mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you can't hit me in the head first. I won't feel the next hit. And he hits him in the hand. And he's just like, see? And he's so level in that scene while Batman is completely raging out because yeah. his girl's in danger. And, yeah. he's, and he's like, there's nothing you can do with all your strength. Yeah. You can beat me up and throw me around all you want. That's not going to bring her back. Yeah. And it's like, and that's the first time Batman has been kind of told, no. He's just been running wild, beating up people in alleys and, where is she? And then like, she's over there. Like, and then he told him, I'm going to tell you where she is and him, but now you got to make a choice. Yeah. Oh God, I love that. Like it really is like, you can't save both. Yeah. And then he intentionally switched their addresses, which a lot of people don't get. Mm-hmm. He says, she's at this address and then he's at this. Batman, when he's running out. Gary Oldman's like, where are you going? I'm going to Rachel. He shows up at a location. It was actually Harvey's location. Yeah. So even within that, he was playing mind games with yeah. him to yeah. prove essentially you're going to let Harvey die to save your girl. Yeah. And you're supposed to be above the fray. Yeah. But even you're not above it, which is what he told him. He's like, you're like me. Mm-hmm. You're not like those people. They just mm-hmm. look up to you. Mm-hmm. But when they don't need you, they'll vilify you and they'll treat you like they'll treat you like you're a monster. But when they need you, yeah, you're the guy. And then- wow. That's, you won't be. It was just also, like that's also our industry, unfortunately. It's a it's it's a masterpiece. If they had just even what's the this woman that played uh, Talia in the second movie? She's uh, the the Rush, the French woman. She won an Oscar for a different role. Um, Marion Cotillard. Yes. Yeah. And they even if they had switched her into Maggie Gyllenhaal's role. That's true. I would have taken that. I would have taken because she's because she has a. She has a vibe about her. She has her. a vibe. She has a sexy, yeah. like, and it's like her eyes are very, like, expressive. Yeah, and she has fantastic. an accent and she kind of moves a certain way. And you can see her being, like, you can't tell if she's good or bad. She's the, the wifey. She's the wifey. But she's also that girl that's like, she might stab me. <laughs> and I might like it. Like, you don't know what she is. They had just. Yeah, she would take your life and then, like, she would kill you, like, in a way that she'd be like, oh, you're dying, by the way. Like, and you're like, what? She'll be the one that'll cut your throat and as you're dying, she'll like kiss you on the lips. Yeah, exactly. And then push you over. Yeah. <laughs> like, Shh, die slowly. Yeah, exactly. And then you'll just fall yeah. and die. Yes. Like she slits your throat so quickly you don't even know that it's cut. And then yeah. she's like, and then, yeah. 
<laughs> what? What? <laughs> Why are you laughing at? What me? are we talking? What have we gotten to? This is how the pod goes. This but, is fantastic. But this is a, a <laughs> lot. I've had this discussion for the last. I'm gonna go in like decade. No, I'm not gonna go there. No. You can, but no, no, for no, the no, last no. ten years, we had this discussion because again, I have nerdy conversations all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the best Marvel movie? What's the best DC movie? Whatever. And I always have Dark Knight in such high esteem because it, it really anytime is. it's on, I'll watch it. Yeah. It doesn't matter what point of the movie it's on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll just start watching. Like, oh, cool. Dark Knight's on. And I'm just there. Yeah. Perfectly fine. No issues. Do you remember the first time you saw it? Yeah, I do. I, I, saw it, I saw it a month after it came out, after uh. my best friend had seen it twice. And he was like, he saw it the day it opened. He's a super, he's a day one movie guy. He doesn't oh. mess around. He'll buy tickets well in advance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good midnight man. showing. Oh, I'm a fan of his. Yeah, he's that I'm kind of guy. Of and he saw it and he was like, bro. This Joker is the dude. I'm like, you just saying that because he loves Batman too. So I'm yeah. like, you're just biased. And then I had like five other friends be like, yo, Joker? <laughs> and I was like, I'm starting to hear it. And then I saw like 98% Rotten Tomatoes. And I was like, hello? Which never happens. Yeah. And I was like, this is a superhero movie. And they were yeah. like, this Joker though? This is an anti-superhero movie. And I was like, yeah. do I need to see it? My, my friend was like, if you don't see it, you're going to hate yourself. Yeah, you'll and I was yourself. like, Fine. And I saw it and I came home. I was like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> it was great. You know, you know the first time that I saw it, I was living in Philly mm-hmm. and um, I went to go. I went to go whenever. Remember whenever, like, they don't have these really anymore. Remember once upon a time they had the theater screens that, like, weren't like, like it was like three ways uh, around you like panorama kind of yeah, thing. It's mm. panor- yeah, it was that kind of, it was kind of that kind of screen, um, which they don't do anymore. Do you notice that? I never saw movies in that. Yeah. So they um, had that. And then I was in at the Franklin Institute in Philadelphia, which is an amazing place to go, by the way. If you ever are in Philly, go to the Franklin Institute because okay. it's amazing. Mm. Um, like you can go inside a human heart. Oh. Like you can go in See it. The vowels and, and like you can hear it like while you're in it. <laughs> It's like this, like, yes, it's like this interactive. I'm, I'm a huge, I mean, if you probably know this, but like, I'm huge on like, I like to like touch things and, and I love that like interactive quality of like, of, you know, museums and discovery and, you know, anything like that. It's like, if somebody's like, we're going to let you go inside a human heart. I'm like, I'm totally down for that, you know, to see how it works really, you know? So anyway, so at the Franklin Institute with the human heart, Mm. um, they have a, what do they call it? It's like the picture dome or something like that. And so not only is it a panoramic, like, you know, all the way to the sides of you, but you also look all the way up mm. and all the way down. And the whole thing is a screen. Oh, wow. It's like the most oh, so wicked. Like, it's like almost like you're in the movie kind yes. of thing. Yes. Yes, exactly. Mm. So, so I saw Dark Knight that way. Wow. And at one point there's like, you know how they do all these like city shots, like yeah. as they're coming into the city from the water. So I was looking at the screen and then I just kind of like, I looked down and it was like, it was like the water was like coming out from underneath me is what it was like. And then it would come up on the screen. It was the coolest, most wicked experience. And that's how I saw Dark Knight. And I was like, everybody should see Dark Knight like this. It was amazing. I feel like Like it's underneath your feet (laughs) and it's, it's like underneath your feet and then you look up and like it's above your head coming in. It's like, it's wild. Like when planes come in, it's yeah. like you look up because you hear it. You look up and it's like over your head coming down into the, the scene. It's wild. So I, and I don't think there's a lot of domes no, around. I think those probably went under. Actually, probably, on the Dark Knight, probably. on Blu-ray, I like it so much. I so bought so a good. physical copy of a movie that I have digitally. I mean, Just once, in case. Oh. Just in case well, no, you know, but once upon a time, that's what we all did. But I haven't bought one maybe since. I yeah, I, I couldn't tell you the last time that I bought a physical copy of a movie. I have a Goofy movie, which is oh, iconic so and fantastic. It's Shout so out to Kevin Kimmel. Um It's so yeah. good. Listen, it's I, so, I, like that's a movie I would watch if it was just on. It's never just on. I which, know. Is, which is infuriating. But you know, if it was on, because you know it's never on, you're like, I'm, <clears throat> I'm so sorry, I can't come into work today. It's like, <laughs> sorry, I, I want to come in. All you hear in the background is, open up your eyes. Like, what? Yes. what are you listening to? What are you watching? No, yeah. no, I'm, <clears throat> I'm sick. Yeah. Sorry, I can't. Yeah. Can't come all in for the next hour. All you have to hear is a bum, 
banana. Mm-hmm. You're like, like when I hear that, yeah. I'm like this. I stand up and start doing a dance. Everybody does. It's fan. I actually have it on my like playlist. If you like want to take a look at me instead of just walking by. Yeah, like everything. Everything. It's but, awesome. But even the um, alphabet soup. Yeah. Hi, dad oh. soup. Hi, dad soup. Hi, dad soup. Exactly. Yeah, I Listen, oh. I, I, I actually judge people who haven't seen it. So good. Is that, when people tell me, you should, oh, I've never seen it. You've never seen a goof. You what know you what? About? Yeah. You're, you're more than ha- welcome to fully judge anyone I who's do. never seen a goof movie. I judge it all the time. It's it's such a it's a movie. Yeah, it's one of my favorite movies. It is it is probably it is one of my favorite animated movies of all time. It's it, listen, it's up it's there. It's so good. It's it's very it's again, it's a movie that no matter where it is in the movie, I'm watching it from then until Me it's too. over. I'll try to like rewind it. I'll be like, yeah. how far can I go back? Can I go back it? to stand out? All right, cool, I'll just go eye to eye. It's so good. I'm good. Eye to eye. You know you know how many Roxanne's I've met in my life and just thought, I wonder. Oh. <laughs> I wonder this is gonna be the one. I did want to be her whenever that came out. I was like, oh, she's so pretty. You know, but I also appreciate it. that movie came out like she's an animated, and I'm like, she's so pretty. Yeah, she's a pretty puppy, but or dog, whatever she is. They're oh, all. Oh, I guess that is what she is. They're yeah, all dogs, except for Pete and and um, PJ. They're cats. But um, I was probably seven when that movie came out. I remember thinking. Like I was a nerd. Max doesn't have glasses or anything. He was never. But I was. Did you think he was a nerd? I thought he was like an outcast. And nerds he are was outcasts. an outcast. I nerds are outcasts he... when they're young. And okay. as you get older, people be like, well, can you do my homework? And then they start. Oh. And, then they, and then as you get really old, you're like, oh, you're, you're an engineer? <laughs> and then you become in demand, right? But oh, I it, never thought that he was a nerd. I never thought that no, he no, was an outcast. I, just, I thought he was not confident in himself. Literally, the whole movie is, I don't think she would like me if she knew the real me. So I'm going to pretend to be somebody else. If you like, if you really Listen, boil, if you boil it down, I loved Powerline. I I had a crush on Powerline. So when Max dressed up as Powerline, I was like killing <gasps> the game. I was like, oh my god. He literally said, "This is a school assembly. I got to make an impression. So I'm gonna dress up like the most famous guy in the world. Yeah. Perform. Maybe she'll notice me. Ergo, stand out. And then maybe she'll like me or give me some attention. He gets in trouble. She sees him. So and she's like, good. Max, what happened? He's just like, um. She's like, I got a party. And he was like, oh, I want to go to your party. And his dad is like, nah, you got in trouble. You're going with me. Then it started just being like, yeah, my dad's taking me on a trip. He makes up this elaborate lie, basically saying, I would only miss your party to do something that's exponentially better, which is meeting the guy I pretended to be. Then at the end of the movie, she's like, why'd you lie? And he's like, I didn't think you would like me if you knew the truth. Mm-hmm. She's like, I liked you when I first heard you laugh, dude. Like, the uh, yuck, <laughs> that part. And it's like, Aww, you mean somebody would like me Max. for me? Max. So when I was like seven and I was over here like Aww. doing multiplication tables and stuff and trying to be like, you know, nine times nine is 81. <laughs> and, no, <laughs> and I had glasses too. Um, when I saw Max, I was like, Are you, do you mean that there's somebody for me just being me? And it was a very, if you see it for its deeper meaning outside of Bigfoot and, you know, him beating up possums in costumes (laughs) and water rapids and yeah the water rapids outside of all the child stuff like the basic i'm gonna go home and watch that now you should so good and you're welcome thank you thank you second movie awful extremely goofy movie bad movie i didn't even know that those existed it's not good it's like 1984 well it's like yeah that's true but it's also Uh like you know, like, I will say, mm-hmm. it wasn't the best, but it wasn't the worst. The mm-hmm. Aladdin trilogy was actually pretty good all throughout. Like, the first one was, like, of course, bomb. Yeah. And then Return of Jafar, I was like, oh, my God. I, I actually wanted to be him in Return of Jafar. I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. But then the third one, it was The King of Thieves. And it was he, Aladdin was meeting his dad, who ended up being The King of Thieves. <gasps> Alibaba and The King yeah. of Thieves, you know? It's or, not, sorry, it's, Alibaba and The Forty Thieves. It's His one dad of, was Alibaba. It's one of the better trilogies. You know what yes. it is? Two and three aren't iconic, though. They're just good movies. They're not iconic. They're, they're just good. Exactly. They're just, they're good, just movies. good movies. But compared to all the other Disney-like sequels and trilogies, the closest, it's probably the best one, right? The closest thing <clears throat> on the straight animated side is probably the highest. 
Um, Toy Story is probably the best Pixar trilogy. But it's Pixar. Right. But mo- like, but a lot of their movie sequels aren't good. And they had a lot of time in between. But like, it's Pixar, it's not Disney. Well, I said animated, whatever. I, got, I, of, I brought in the topic. I see. But of Disney. Because Disney... The Aladdin trilogy is the yeah, best one. Yeah, because Lion King, what, one and a half is no bueno. And I they had a whole series, I didn't which was Did you fine. know that they did a sequel to Pocahontas? No. It was terrible. I imagine so, yeah. Terrible. And they did a sequel to The Little Mermaid. Terrible. Yeah. I, I think there was, you know, it was, I think Aladdin randomly had a lot of, there was a lot of depth in that movie because it's, Don't ever forget that. People of that What do you mean, nature, don't forget it? It's my one of my favorite movies. People of that nature have a lot of depth to them. Oh, of, of that nature? Just saying. Oh. We have a lot of layers. Mm-hmm. got a lot of layers we got a lot of culture a lot of really deep culture which should be also on film they should have highlighted it more they tried with incredibly Mulan incredibly deep culture Mulan Mulan did well Mulan did well Mulan did well and I thought and like Mulan really showing that culture they two? have yet to show something that's like from the Indian culture that I feel like is incredibly deep as well that like mm. they need a culture but they just did um, um, Encanto I heard it was good. I and I heard it. that it was fantastic. And it's like the it. Latin culture, right? No? Colombian? Or no, no, no. What culture I mean, is Canto that? I is Spanish, so I'm guessing. But I don't know what country it's from. I, I don't haven't... know where it's set at. But I heard it was so amazing. But Coco was good. Oh, yeah. And that too. But isn't it Latin? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like They're, they're delving into the Latin um, culture, which is mm. so deep. And it's like there are other cultures too. Like there is the Iranian culture, you know? Um, Persian culture, there's the Indian culture. Like they're so deep and rich that it's like, come on, bring those. It's coming soon. Them. You know what it is? I like agree. They, they only make movies. We're getting they our feel turn. Like, they only make movies they feel they can make a fair amount of return on. Yes. So, but, but how are they going to know that Encanto, Encanto, however people are pronouncing it? Um, I think it's Encanto. I think so. it is too. Mm. Um, they wouldn't have known that that was going to be such a huge hit. Sometimes something is something that's good is just good. I think they've and got, it they're they're clinical with this now. These they they don't miss that often. Like they really with Pixar. Like and yeah, you got to be oh. a movie like Turbo to miss, which really was odd because it should have made because Ryan Reynolds is the main character, and he. And what is it? It's right. Uh, Turbo is a movie about a snail that gets like seriously. He gets like um, infused with some kind of, I think it's like NOS or something. And this is like a fast snail and it enters like all these like racing competitions. And oh my gosh. But okay. it's Ryan Reynolds voicing a snail. So kind of piece of those I didn't together. even, never even heard of it. It came out. And so his shell was like, it glue in the dark because he had the like NOS stuff mm-hmm. flying in it. And it was like, I'm going to show you that just because we're normally slow doesn't mean we can't be more than that. It's like a story over overcoming Aww. that kind of thing. And it just did not work. It worked about as well as his hmm. first rendition as Deadpool in the Wolverine Origins movie, which is an awful movie, even though Hugh Jackman is a man. He is. Bad movie. Hugh Jackman Bad is script. Hugh bad Jackman Deadpool. is like, I always said that I was going to be like him. He's a dude. Because yeah. he'll go from Wolverine and go right back to getting a Tony, mm-hmm. right back to being on stage. He, he does, he'll flip it. Yeah. When I first went to LA and I like started pitching myself to agents and managers, mm. that, was, that was the way I described myself. I was like, I will be your female version of Hugh Jackman. I will be able to do action movies and period pieces and then also be able to be on stage and win Tonys. I think he's great. And, and yeah. somehow, and maybe because he's not really like out in the spotlight a lot. Like he's, he does the press runs, mm-hmm. but he's not really just a dude you just see all the time. He's a little bit older now, but yeah. like. But he even, never was. He was always kind of like himself. And I, don't, like, I think he's more the theater guy than he is like he the is. Wolverine guy. He just he happens to be tall and look like Wolverine. Yeah. Like he just like I guess I can play him. He got he can, a great he got a great opportunity with Wolverine. But then that a twenty year run with that character. Yes, yeah. I'm saying is like that opened the floodgates for him. Because that also then did help him get more serious roles. After I think that. I think the prestige is a great great movie. Great movie. Of mm-hmm. course it's the same director as the Batman trilogy, mm-hmm. one of his earlier works. Mm-hmm. Um Really, and uh, uh, Christian Bale's in it. Yeah, was I think that's when they first met. He was like, "I think this guy could be my Batman." Mm-hmm. And um, Michael Caine's in it too. So, it's so like he got he got two guys from that. He was yeah. like, "Prestige is underrated. It's a really good movie. It is." But yet, yeah, Hugh Jackman is is somebody that I I like look, I look up to as an as an artist. I look to for you know artist um, 
like what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not path, but like template. no yeah, inspiration. He is that artist oh, inspiration for me because he does act and sing and dance, and I'm that's what I'm after. That's what I do. So it's like I want to be able to have that same path. That not the same exact path. No, but no of course not. I want to be able to be taken in that light that. Because I, I don't think in the industry, oh gosh, I can't go. tell you the amount of like, the amount of agents and managers that are like, oh yeah, well we're going to push you for comedy. And I'm like, I'm not funny. I'm not Kristen Wiig funny. And I that's what Kristen I, Wiggum. that's what I think of as comedy. When somebody says, oh, we're going to push you for comedy. I think of her. I think of Amy Poehler. I'm like, I'm not. She's great. I'm Love not. Parks and Rec. I do too. Mm-hmm. I'm not funny. And I'm like, I'm, I'm your serious actor. I will do your period pieces. I will do your Shakespeare. I will do your dramas. I will do all of those things. Oh, and I, I sing too, so I can do Broadway as well. And it was like, oh yeah, but we got to get your foot in the door somehow. So, and comedy is the easiest way. And I'm like, but if I'm telling you, but you play the game, right? No. I'm not funny. Capiche? No, literally. I was like, <laughs> I am not funny. And, and now, like the reps that I have now, they kind of, it was the same situation with like, oh, we're going to push you for comedy. And I'm like, I'm not funny. And they're like, well, you have comedy on your reel, on your like acting reel. Mm. I'm like, I'm telling you what I'm really good at. I know what I'm really good at. And so now I'm in a position where things are starting to bubble up a little bit. Mm. And it's all things that are serious, dramatic, and that are not funny. And so I'm like, the universe has a way of, Everything you, that you know you can do, you know, it's kind of like what I said to begin with, like you're learning all the things that are true to your authenticity and who you are as an actor, as a singer, as a performer, as a comedian, mm. like, and when you lean so far into that and then don't apologize for it, that is when things start to kind of come your way because that you're so specific on, you know what you are about and you know what is your strength and then you've leaned so far into it and you become such a professional of that specificity Mm. that then doors do start to open a little bit. They do start to like, the handle starts to get a little bit more loose as you're like trying to... You're trying to jimmy the lock. Yeah, you're trying to jimmy the lock (laughs) and and you can't, it's like this, it's never going to open, it's never going to open and then slowly you notice like, oh, it's starting to get a little bit more loose. I think I'm getting in here now but it's only because you've, you've, leaned so far into what you know only you know this what your strengths are Mm. that your specificity of who you are is so much more direct and then people can see you it feels like now for a lot of um, projects or roles or what have you they want some proof of concept before people support you yeah and sometimes you get lucky i've heard the story about um Robert Downey Jr. and John Favreau and the first oh, Iron Man movie. I love John Favreau. John Favreau's great, but yeah. he wasn't seen as being great then. This is fresh off of like clerks and mm-hmm. kind of like those movies. So he was mm-hmm. seen like, oh, you're kinda like the frat weed head kind of mm-hmm. guy director. Mm-hmm. And Robert Downey Jr. was all over the place. Rehabs and yeah. whatever, whatever. Always a talented actor, just really Wild troubled. Card. Yeah. Really troubled. And he said many times like he could have easily overdosed and died like he was very lucky sometimes to just to be in rehab like, oh i made it like yeah and john favreau wanted robert downey to be iron man he was like that's iron man yeah he didn't even like say let's have open call and now i can't even imagine anybody else being iron man mm-hmm. but he was like that's the guy and the studios were like no we you can't sure touch him because he's fresh off of mm. yeah and he's like i'm just listen this is going to work Mm-hmm. They made the movie and it made like eight hundred million. Yeah, insane. At a time when there was no really big superhero movie, like the Spider Man movies were, had kind of gone past. It was like one, two, and three. I think ended like around oh six. Mm-hmm. Iron Man's in 08. so it had been a couple of years, and they're like, this could work, but we don't know. And then Iron Man was a complete smash, and that literally launched this new iteration because Blade is technically Marvel, but they don't mm-hmm. count any of that, which mm-hmm. is kind of sad for Wesley Snipes. Because Blade came out like a decade before and they just don't give it any kind of credit. My sister was obsessed with Wesley Snipes in Blade. Obsessed. Well, they're making a second Blade with Mahershala Ali now. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, they've already shot it. It comes out either this year or next year. They've already been casted. They've already have the promos. Like, he already has the haircut. Yeah. 
Ooh. And I think Mahershala's going to be great. Well, but, I think I think he is too. I mean, he's great. He's great. Well, I think he's going to be great in this particular role. I think I, I think he has a great because Blade Ooh. had a good voice. He could fight. He was a big dude, and he had like kind of a just a coolness about him. Even though he was a vampire, he was he was a cool listen dude. Mahershala seems like a like a dude. He's cooler. Yeah. Like he, I think he I think he might have a bit more of a. He won't have a, such an in, well. I think he'll be intense. Yeah. But do you know what I mean when I say like? I don't think he'll be as quite of a like heat, like hot headed. Mm. Like, I don't know. Wesley has like a, he had something about him that I felt like was just like more of like a, like a dude's dude. And I feel like Mahershala will be like calculated. He'll probably be a little more tempered. A little more heady. And Wesley's not. He wasn't. Wesley, listen, Wesley had done a string of black movies in Demolition Man up until that point. He was good and, in English Man, but he yeah. was also really good in Tu Wong Fu. I haven't seen him. Oh, you haven't seen Tu Wong Fu? <laughs> Christopher! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't judge me. I think you need to see Tu Wong Fu because it... Oh, he plays Noxie. I mean, oh, he's so good. I was, I'm a, I, you know what's funny? I had this How idea. How have you not seen Tu Wong Fu? I don't know. Patrick Swayze. Rowhouse. Wesley yeah. Snipes. Um, John Leguizamo. Like, are He's you kidding good, me? Man. They were so good. He's like, why don't you take a picture to last you longer? You know? And she's like, she's like, I'm stripping you of your princess points. He's like, Noxie yeah. and I took pity. He was like, we? What you mean we? And she's like, Noxie and I, no, Noxie and I did, no, 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 we did not. And he's like, it's just, he's amazing. I don't doubt what you're saying. I just haven't seen it. It's a movie night. It might be. I just, you seem so disappointed. <laughs> Sorry. I'm disappointed because you're very well versed in the film world. Yeah, but that's that's a little more obscure than some of his Is other it? Works. I feel like it is. Oh, yeah. I loved it. Yeah, obviously. It's one of my favorite roles that Wesley Snipes. You're has you're ever all done. in right now. I'm all in. Yeah. Because I've seen it eight million. That's times. what I'm saying. You're. This is like your. Stalker Channing is in it, and oh, she plays such a good role. It's so good, and then like all the little side characters in the town. It's oh my god, it's so good. Like you're in it. Yes, I'm in it. I want to do something like that. Although I can't ever do something like that because I'm a girl. I hear what you're saying. I'm not even. <laughs> <laughs> You've taken me so far left on this movie that I gotta get back to my original point. <laughs> like, what did I tell you? I told you. I told you you're gonna have to like. I gotta reel you back in. Reel but me back in. 